So one of the most interesting questions that a priest gets asked is not about birth control or Peter or the Pope, but why did you want to be a priest? And sometimes it's, why did you want to be a priest? And sometimes it's, why did you want to be a priest? And on Good Shepherd Sunday that we celebrate today, uh, we think about the fact that it's all somehow has to do with relationships. But when the question's asked, the answers are as varied as the person that you're talking to because everybody has a different story. And uh, these readings this weekend are talk about the relationship between the flock and the shepherd, between Jesus and us and Christ and the church. And so it is all about relationships, whether we like to hear that word all the time or not, because we're not created in a vacuum. We're created to live in community, huh? And it's interesting because the word religion itself comes from a Latin word called relego, which means to bind together. That's what our religion should do, not tear us apart, not divide us, but bind us together. And so that's the context as we celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday. And so we, we listen to it, particularly in the gospel, the hallmarks of a shepherd, huh? So the sheep hear his voice. They're called by name. They're not beaten into submission. They freely follow. The shepherd is not to, here to steal or slaughter them, but to, to, to lead them. And, and leading doesn't happen with a whip. That's force. It's really built on trust, huh? trust, not understanding. As I said last week, if we, we're talking about our faith, we're never going to understand it all. You're not going to wake up someday and go, oh my God, now it all makes sense. It doesn't work that way. It's about trust and trust about where God's at in our lives. And so as I look at the answer to that question, why do you want to be a priest? You know, my background's a lot like a lot of people's. Uh, I did plenty of uh, dating in high school and in college, and in fact, won some dance contests back in the disco days, but I'll leave that up to your imagination. <clears throat> Not gonna do that today. And everybody's story is different, huh? So some guys have really dramatic stories. Mine is not that terribly dramatic. You know, I grew up in a two-faith household. Dad was Lutheran, Mom was Catholic. And uh, Dad would come home with what I used to call John Deere Catholicism. So he'd sit at the table, and we had these discussions. They sounded like arguments, but they were really discussions. And Dad would say things like, well, Bill said that they've got to go to some dumb baptismal preparation class. When you got a kid baptized, why do you got to do that? And Mom would patiently say, well, it's because of this and this and this. And Dad would usually say, oh, you're more Catholic than the Pope. And that's kind of how the discussion stopped a lot of times. But as I think back to my growing up years, so we had a medium-sized parish with a school attached to that, and we had three full-time priests. We had 18 nuns in the convent who taught between our grade school and at Columbus High School. And uh, I think about, and at, actually at Columbus High School at the time, we had five full-time priests, and all the associates taught. And there were eight or nine parishes in town, so that's how many priests we had at our high school. It was crazy. But in our lives, they were in our lives. So even though my dad was Lutheran, it was not unusual for the pastor to walk in and sit down and uh, have coffee or whatever. We were, they were a part of our lives. And uh, I even remember one time that uh, at one of my siblings' graduations, the nun who was the principal of our grade school showed up, and, and this will tell you what usually happened in our home. Uh, so sister walked in, and my youngest brother at the time said, sister, you want a beer? And dad went, and she said, you know, I believe I will. So she sat down and, and had a beer. But 
this is the point. This September, when we had a mass in Waterloo for our home parish that had been closed about 17 years ago, and we had about six or 700 people who came to that mass to celebrate our history, it occurred to me in the middle of the homily that day, and I told the people, I said, you know, it just occurred to me that every place that I've been at, I tried to make that parish like ours. Because it was everything to us. It was everything to us. They were always there for us. They were like our original family. They were the connections for us. Now, we had a lot of different priests. They were all different. None of them were perfect. But the things that those sisters and those priests had in common were two important things. They loved God and they loved people. And they wanted to bring people together, to bring people together. So my parish nourished and transformed me. If there was any division in that parish, I don't know where it was. It didn't mean that everybody always agreed on things but I don't know where there would have been. So why did I become a priest? Because I'm good at maintenance and cleaning? No, but I am. <laughs> because God has been good to me and given me gifts of music and preaching and teaching? No, but he did. So why am I a priest? Because I look at the examples that I have, and they were people who were always with people at their best times and their worst times. So there were baptisms and weddings and first communions, and there were tragic accidents and funerals and being with people when somebody is dying. That's why. It's being with people at critical times in their lives. That's what shepherding is all about. We were encouraged, we were supported, and sometimes we were corrected. But we knew because they had a relationship with us that they cared about us. Huh? That's what shepherding is all about. We would say in Latin, core ad core, heart to heart. Heart to heart, we had a relationship with them. So that same thing happened with me and our bishops. Started with Archbishop Byrne when I went to seminary, and then Archbishop Cusera, and then Archbishop Hannes, Archbishop Jekylls. And I'm sad that Archbishop Jekylls left. He was a friend. I could call up and I'd say, these people are driving me crazy. And he would have something smart to say. I mean, smart aleck to say. <laughs> One of the things that I've learned, and you who've been married know this, nothing that's worth it in life is easy. Nothing that's worth it in life is easy. And the same is true for shepherding, because if it's hard, you know, you have no family so that everybody's your family. Now, it sounds really nice, but it's not an easy thing to do. And one of the things that people say to me a lot is, I just don't know how you do it. And I say, oh, I do. That's the easy question. It's because God helps me. I'd be dead and gone if it wasn't for that. You couldn't do this yourself. This last Friday, Pope Francis has been in Hungary, and he was giving a talk to the church in Hungary, a lot of priests and sisters there. And he said that the most important thing for us to remember that we are called to witness to unity, not uniformity. We get that so politicized in this country, it makes me sick. The Pope said this, I quote, if we go distant from one another or divided, if we come hardened in our ways of thinking and our different groups, then we will not bear fruit. It's sad when we become divided because instead of playing as a team, we start playing the game of the enemy. So bishops are not communicating with each other. The old don't communicate with the young, the priest and the laity, no. 
we need to always remember that our first activity is to bear witness to communion because God is communion. And he's present wherever there is fraternal charity. It's how we are with each other. That's what I try to do. Bring people together. But I want to take this opportunity to apologize for the times that you've been hurt or angry or felt that I've ignored you. I always do my best. Sometimes it isn't enough. But I always try that. And I also apologize for any priest who's ever hurt you. But we're human beings. And that stuff happens. But be sure of this. No matter how screwed up things get at times, I've always tried my best. Always tried my best. But having multiple parishes and multiple flocks and administration and personnel and finance and all those kinds of things, it's nuts. That's why we need more staff. That's why we need more people so that the shepherd, whomever he is, can do the shepherding. So there's a lot of people who are good at a lot of things that I'm not good at, maybe except for cleaning. Um, but St. Paul says to us, we need to be all things to all people. All things to all people. So be sure of this, there's nothing else that I've ever wanted to do. I love this more than life itself. And it's also the hardest thing I ever imagined. 38 years ago, I was really clueless. But I haven't done it alone. I've done it with you. And above all, I've done it with God. And it's the most gratifying vocation that I could imagine for me. And yes, it's an honor and a privilege to bury your parents. So that, and for millions of other reasons, is why I wanted to be a priest. I probably started thinking about it in grade school. So as we uh, celebrate Good Shepherd Sunday, let's pray for the shepherds we've had, the good ones and the bad ones. Let's pray for our diocese as it looks to getting a new shepherd. It's critically important. Pray for me, your local shepherd. And pray and support and encourage your sons and grandsons so that we have shepherds for the future. May God bless us.